1: And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. I hope that you had a great long weekend. Of course, uh, if you're living in Canada, we just had our Victoria Day long weekend, And it was spectacular weather here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And according to some pictures that were posted, I saw some people obviously got a chance to get away, get to their cottages, get onto that boat and onto the lakes. So it was a wonderful sight to see. And if you were stuck here, you would notice that at the beginning of the long weekend, there were no buds or greenery on trees. And lo and behold, it's Tuesday and we have the first signs of summer Trees are blooming and blossoming, and uh, a lot of people are doing gardening, so there is a little bit of light coming through this dark tunnel as we head into, I think it's week 10 for some of us, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little tired of this, but love to have everybody here. We're going to welcome the ladies now to our Hue virtual chat. We're going to talk small business and how business owners have managed these Big turbulent waters. Hello, lovely ladies. Oh, my goodness. So good to see everybody. Hello. Hey, hi, Rhonda. Nice to see you again. Hi, Susie. Hey. So we'll get people unmuted here and we'll get the discussion going. I um, approached Michelle, who's from Tiber River National. She's been on our show before. And uh, Michelle, it was kind of like, well, we don't even know what we're quite doing yet but uh, your business has managed to uh, navigate these waters pretty good but it's always changing and today i guess they're even offering more money now to the uh, or the government's offering more assistance now to sole proprietors and to you know people like my business where i rely on contractors too so i guess my question is for all of these ladies and and as entrepreneurs and and smart business women um is the government doing enough or what more could be done now that we're kind of in this all together so i'm going to go with michelle how are you doing oh just have to unmute
2: i'm doing well thank you had a great long weekend can you hear me (laughs) <laughs> uh, it
1: well, doesn't it go figure that we have like the best long weekend weather in I don't know how many years? Right?
2: It's yes. never like this. It's, never. it's always oh, cold, rainy. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was b- very timely. I walked into my office this morning and what was on my desk is this business support um, toolkit from um, the MLA in the area, Scott Johnstone. So it's super interesting. There was um, a whole package, really beautifully done actually. I don't know how many pages this is. I haven't had a chance to look at it thoroughly, but I, I was very impressed with this. I actually think the government has been doing um, a lot. I, I don't know how much more they can, I think they've been very creative in supporting mm-hmm. the different kinds of businesses. Personally, we've only been able to take advantage of two programs, um, the 10% wage subsidy and the uh, seven. The student, um, they're paying covering up to $7. Um, because it it depends on sales, even though our revenue has dropped significantly for our retail locations, we've pivoted and we're doing hand sanitizer and then our online sales. So, So overall, um, there hasn't been a significant enough increase, even though, you know, there's rent and things like that. So, uh, but I do know a lot of other businesses who have had, um, been very lucky to take advantage of the program so I think they're doing they're doing a lot and I know the loan program we were considering but for us it's kind of risky because we don't really want to take any more on any more debt at this time either so
1: no and yeah we'll get a conversation about debt too and and what is going to become of everything once you know we're out of the clear It's going to be a huge huge debt but I know that Michelle brought in some of your friends so do you
2: want to introduce them and then we'll say hi all right, we have my, friend, my good friend Jill Hart with Inside oh, right. Out Meditation and my friend Heather Senderich from uh, Yoga Bar. And, and I just have to say she's the best bar instructor ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I love that
1: studio. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, next time and, you, have you like do a little uh, workout with us or something.
2: Yeah, right. Love it. And Roshana Hyman from Aqua Essence. And mm-hmm. I see a couple other friends on here. Hi, Susie and uh Rana who was on last time so
1: yeah 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 and that and I want to introduce Ali, right Allie giveaway yes so thank you for joining us too Ali. um okay so let's start with Inside Out Unlimited I just like the name <laughs> <It's>
3: <laughs>
1: <general>. inside <laughs> out meditation tell us, bit, tell us a little bit about your business and then how you know your personal story and how you've been doing
3: Okay. Well, I am new, a newer entrepreneur. I just launched this year. (laughs) So the timing couldn't be more, I don't know, just with the COVID, right? Um, Because I was looking for a brick and mortar space and I was, um, thank goodness, didn't quite secure one. So I started working my business, which is um, meditation coaching and training. And my dream was to have a studio where everybody could come, just drop in. Um, secular, and just as a yoga studio. So they could just drop in and connect within and didn't have to have anything planned, just sign up for a class, come in and bang it off. (laughs) And it was just to be a modern sort of place that people could go to and and not have to go to an ashram or (laughs) sit in an awkward position for hours a day. And I was just going to teach people how to do this and also reach out to Um, corporate and how they could bring this to their staff and, and how CEOs themselves can learn how to be more compassionate and about their employees. And um, yeah, so when I was looking for a brick and mortar place, and I looked for rent and looked at all those options, I decided while I build my business, I'm going to do it from home. So I renovated a space downstairs and um, have my studio there. This is my dog ringing the bell to go out. Oh. Excuse me for a second.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, well, and then like Heather too, um, how are things going with you? Oh, Oh, She's back. That is fast. I'm back. Yes.
3: (laughs) So this is working from home, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I started, launched my business in January and I had my studio and I had some people coming from my, to my studio while I was branching out and offering my one-on-one coaching and other other services and then COVID hit. So as you can imagine, I, I can't have that one-on-one with anybody in person, which is okay because a lot of my business was um, all over the world anyways when okay. it comes to one-on-one coaching and through via Zoom. Um, uh, but it was that, that studio part that I can't do anymore. So I was very affected because I was just launching my business. I was just partnering with other companies to bring the meditation and partner with them. So all of that halted. So I've had to shift and pivot right now and just completely go online. The government, um, thankfully for my particular situation, I don't have staff and, and, and but there was the program, um, the GAP program that came out from the province of Manitoba that I was able to take advantage of. Right. Because I think it was made for people just like me that was were just starting out and I can't claim any sort of other program, like nothing else quali- I was qualified for. So I'm very thankful for that. And um So we'll see, we'll see what the government decides if that'll have to be paid back, but right now they're saying if you qualify uh, by the end of the year, it's, you know, money in your pocket, and it's $6,000, so. Well,
1: I know, but you know what, your service will be greatly needed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there'll be another shift, right? Yeah, I kind of think this, you know, and especially in in Kirsten and stuff like that too, with what you do, I think, uh, peer support and, and all of that mental health and wellness is going to be huge, huge, very, huge. Very, very big. big, big. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get back to you. And Heather, I guess too, how has it been? I guess, um, I heard of the yoga bar and now I get to see you inside of it. So <laughs> it's very, very cool. Yeah. But, uh, I know like there's quite a few places around there too, right? Where you are that,
4: uh, well, uh yeah, like know. I'm, obviously brick and mortar. I've had my business for about well four years this summer. Um, I have a good client base here mm-hmm. and I've basically been unable to teach in studio. I don't know when we'll be able to teach and what capacity, like the spin, the, I have a spin room, uh, the spa room, a yoga room. We do meditation, we do spin, we do yoga, we do bar, we do everything here. And uh, I don't know what the capacity will be going forward. Right now I can fit 30 people in this room, but obviously that won't be the, the case. In the future so I think it's just a matter of I'd like to know what my what the standards will be going forward like with some advance notice so that I can actually come up with a plan going forward and like my memberships going forward you know it's kind of doesn't make sense to do a monthly membership or an annual membership if class sizes are limited and I can't get everybody in like I used to so I need to restructure and rethink about um, what my business will look like going forward Uh, when I had I closed my doors before we were mandated to just because a lot of people were going on trips. Yeah. A lot of people were isolating themselves already at the beginning of March. Um, so I started doing live streaming of my classes for those students that could attend and streaming it to people who couldn't attend, but were still on a membership. And then once I mandated it, once they mandated closure, I paused like all our class cards, all our memberships. Um, I launched a Karma membership, which is a online uh, membership to view our videos. We have over 70 videos now online. I I have a degree in comp sci, so this shift was easy for me to go online because I was able to maneuver my videos and put them on my website pretty, like, seamlessly. Um, And it's just a matter of, like, figuring out what platforms work best for people. I have a large age demographic, so certain people aren't computer savvy. Some people are. Some people are tech savvy with their phones. Some people aren't. So just trying to come into a balance where everybody can kind of access what we have here. So oh,
1: yeah. Well yeah. well and it's interesting, Heather too, like in this whole fitness industry, um, it's gonna drastically change. But I'm kinda of thinking like the classes that you offer, the yoga, the bar classes, they tend to be anyways, I would imagine, smaller classes, like you um now,
4: both I about know, thirty. True. On average um, I have about thirty yeah. people come. So yeah, now I'll be about, I'll like about, a, I'll probably be operating at about thirty percent of my max capacity. Yeah. If I open with with the standards that I think are going to happen, so it's right. just a matter of like how I can make that work and still pay my my rent here and the utilities. And I can teach everything myself. But that being said, I don't want to teach like eight classes a day. <laughs> there's only there's only so much I can do. So I know. I, have, I do have staff and teachers that teach for me as well. And it's just a matter of like making sure the class size is feasible for me to hire them to instruct that class. Yeah. um, Yeah. Usually like a class of five or less is not, I'm breaking even. So a class of nine, I'm like just making enough if I hired my instructor to teach it. And if I don't hire somebody, I do it myself. Obviously I save that cost as well. So it's just a matter of. I know it's a big Yeah. yeah. Figuring
1: things out. (laughs) Figuring things out. It's all, it's all like a, a crap game almost. So, uh, Rashonda, hello. So, tell us
5: about Aqua Essence. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, such a great group of women, for sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Rashonda Hyman, and uh, I'm from Aqua Essence Swim Academy. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> um, we've uh, really experienced COVID as swimming pools are all closed, um, <laughs> and we um, we are we were hit uh, we were hit very hard. Um, as swimming pools will also probably be um, in the final phase of opening um, along with gyms. So um, we've taken a huge hit. Um, Yeah, so we've had to pivot our business um, to the best that we could. Uh, We always taught babysitting courses um, that was one of the things that we did. Um, we also had a little, um, safety course that we taught in schools, like an intro to emergencies. Um, but we shifted. So we now have four online, um, programs or virtual programs that we've been running. Um, the babysitting one has been for sure the most popular right now. Um, that's for 11 to 15 year olds. Teachers and schools, um, are thrilled to be able to be able to augment their, uh, kids learning right now. Um, so that one's been um, for sure. Our biggest, uh, the biggest one right now. Um, and then, uh, the safety program also, we call it, uh, he- at home heroes and sheroes. Um, and that's for that seven to 11 year old range talking about, uh, different kinds of emergencies and intro to first aid. Um, so that one's really popular as well. And then we have our at home babies. So if anyone has like a little kiddie pool, um, now it's warming up pool in their backyard, um, we can, we can do it from there. And we're ho- we are gearing up um, to do our summer lessons. Um, so registration for that is open. Um, it will look a little bit different this year um, as uh, we made the decision that um, we will not be going in the pool with the kids. So we will be doing contact lessons. So above a certain level and up, we will run lessons. Um, we will run the younger levels. Um, but parents have to go in the water with their child. Um, so we're hoping that a lot of parents actually jump on that opportunity. It would be a nice bonding experience, I think, for the parents and the child. Um, but we'll see what happens. Our summer has always been our smallest session. Um, so timing is just not great, um, as it's already a small session. But parents are really looking for things for kids and stuff to do right now. Um, right, it's, it's, it's uh, parents are parents and teachers right now are really, really, really burnt out. So hopefully that's where we can come in. Um, as I don't think we will be back to our regular business come September. Um, like Heather said, um, right. We're, we're, we're with Heather. We are, we will be the the last to sort of um, open up um, when, when the, when the time comes and when it's safe. Um, we also cut our programming um, before the city did. we, we weren't interested in putting our instructors or our families at risk. So we ended it, um, we called it and yeah, it's been, that's,
1: uh, that's it's
5: been tough. It's been tough. Uh, yeah.
1: No, but I mean, it's, it's great even to share your stories and see like how even you've turned it around. But I mean, I think, think people are going to be traveling anyways this summer or not or doing very little travel as opposed to uh, past summers and those that have their own pools and certainly, obviously be great to, if they have kids too, Mm -hmm. to take, you know, up, take you up on your services. So actually ladies, please uh, type in your, your websites and all of your info on the chat line there, because we want to send that out and share that with everybody too. So I want to say hi to Allie. Thank you for joining us, Allie. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, You know, like you you sent a lovely comment about uh, our Hugh virtual chats. And so, um, but anyways, um, tell us a little bit about yourself
6: and what you do. Allie? Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad to be on here. Hopefully my mic is working well and you can all hear me. Yeah. yeah. So my name's Allie. Um I worked at Mood Disorders for a really long time, working with women and youth. Uh, it's kind of my area. It's what I love to do. Um, but because of that area, it branches out so far, right? So I've been able to dabble in all different kinds of mental health initiatives and that's kind of what I do. So, um, for myself, I'm an appointed citizen to the human rights committee of council for the city of Winnipeg. And through that, I was able to kind of meet some really, really great people and some people who I'm actually really excited to be on the show with next week. And, um, I've been really, really given an opportunity to kind of expand myself and see where I want to grow and flourish in in different areas. But um, with that, I've been able to chair the Accessibility and Inclusion Subcommittee, where we've been having really great discussions specifically around COVID and how things are accessible or not so accessible right now, as well as the Equity and Diversity Subcommittee of council. So my area is to see where pieces are, see where we are, see where we aren't, and see how we can fix those bridges and kind of create some gaps. And then just all around, right. Wellness is, is my number one key. So making sure that we can do that. I know Kristen's on here and she's a guru for it. So just shoving it in there anywhere we can for anyone.
1: Yeah, no. And it's a, and a support. you know, even to support like these ladies here that are entrepreneurs and and is small business people, you know, it's so important, right. To have those, those uh, kind of support groups. Um, so I'm going to say hi to Rana. Rana it's been a while and you're back to business and, uh, Back at,
7: back at the shop and working? Yeah, but somewhat, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, you know, you can go all you want, but uh, if business is not running, it's not running. But you know what, I'm super blessed. I don't really have, um, you know, major, major complaints. I think that um, just in terms of government, you know, I think the province has done exactly what they needed to, exactly what they could do. Um, I think the feds have done, more than enough. Um, also, um, I, I think that the challenge for me, just kind of knowing how all the cogs move, um, I think that there's only so much government can do, mm-hmm. you know, only so much government can do. And as entrepreneurs, um, nobody ever plans for a pandemic we, we've never we don't have, you know, emergency implement, uh, Im, you know, plans in place. Uh, and, and maybe that's a plan for the future. Um, but just in terms of can the government do more? No, I think that, I think that they, they have a responsibility and it's a really selfish responsibility. I'm just going to put that on the table. I think it's more to keep the economy going rather than, you know, saving business, quote unquote. I think that we have to be really, uh, realistic about that. Um, I doubt that the conversations behind closed doors is, um, you know, how do we save every individual person as much as they want to care? I think it's the bigger picture uh, that they're trying to control is how do we, many people, can uh employed and how do you keep the economy going but in terms of myself you know I haven't really um to be fair to be completely honest you know I've taken a major hit there's no doubt um mm-hmm. you no know, there's no doubt it's been a struggle um and for a law, you know we we have a lot of you know we have a lot of things that we have to a box within which we which we have to really work right we can't just you know kind of do do whatever so um a lot of the professional organi a lot of the professionals so I think that um they're not really we're not really talking about them but I'm sure there's a lot of professional groups who who are probably like lawyers who are, are taking some some great hits and some of it's due to uh, service, like uh, the customer base, but a lot of it is also due to the limitations upon us about what we can actually receive and where we can, what accounts we can use for, for what loan, like it, it's, it's a bit more complicated for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't actually taken, I haven't really applied for anything yet. I'm gonna plan to, but at this point I haven't. But yeah, I mean, it's a tough go. It's nice to see people out this weekend. My-
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, Susie, I'm um, like listening to all of all of these stories now, and um, I think is is that going to be kind of like the the new way of business is being you know able to fluctuate, a- able to move with however shift is going, instead of being like so straight and yeah. narrow.
8: I think that um, what we've seen is that there were a lot of ways that businesses could have been serving customers to meet their needs before that they just weren't doing. So, you know, when you think about, you know, um, seismic shifts that have caused ma- major changes in terms of how people do business, this is one of them. And unfortunately, not enough people were embracing things like curbside pickup or delivery to your door within the city or whatever it might be that they could have been doing before. So, um, I'm seeing a lot of articles coming out this week in terms of what people are spending their money on right now, how we're going to see businesses change and especially for restaurants, um, how we're going to see some things change because that's still an area that we're not really sure of yet. And, um, I mean, for me, somebody who, um, loves to support restaurants local restaurants and not cook every day this has been definitely challenging right but i do not feel comfortable going into a restaurant right now but obviously takeout um or pickup is a is a very viable option right now especially to keep those businesses there is my beautiful talia speaking of restaurants yes. um, yeah keeping them in business right so um I think that what we need to see is more retailers looking at, okay, we know what people want now. How are we going to give that to them any way that they want it that makes financial sense in the long run, right? Because that's really what the game is now. How are you going to satisfy people who can order anything off Amazon and get it delivered within 24 hours? How are you going to match that? Here locally, because all I'm doing on my Twitter and LinkedIn is imploring people to please buy Canadian if you can. Please do not buy off Amazon. Please support your local retailers. Please support Canadian retailers, because if we don't, those retailers are going to disappear. It's a yeah, and, and because we,
1: we're seeing it so much even in our in our city with businesses closing <laughs> down. But you know, it's so it's nice to hear. So I'm gonna say uh, introduce everybody to Talia. Hi, Talia. It's been a while. <laughs> how are you? Oh, yeah. How are you? It was just like, yeah, I'm going we'll to have to figure out a different greeting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have just been going around and, uh, sharing stories with uh, these other business women and, um, tallest poppy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How, how, yeah. How's that affected your business? This whole COVID 19
0: pandemic.
9: Well, I mean on absolutely every level i guess uh, it's uh, it's really kind of um forced us to um to take like you know to take a a really hard look at sort of every single aspect of like the human interaction that is our our business you know and and kind of reevaluate what's really necessary and what we can sort of throw out the window and, and, and how we can kind of um, work inside of these very kind of strange and bizarre new rules and regulations for safety.
1: No, and it's staff too, right, Talia, right? I mean, it's a big thing, you know, we got CERB and we've got, yes, all of these governments handouts or you know supports uh you because we were sort of talking beforehand and you said it's hard to even get staff so how it's
9: yeah i mean i just have to be very um i think we all have to be super cognizant of the fact that everybody's really gone through something regardless of whether or not anybody got sick or whatever it was really an emotional couple of months for everyone everybody's life sort of like turned completely inside out. And so kind of reintegrating um, everybody into sort of a slightly more, um, uh, well, just reintegrating people into a work environment at all. It can be really, really stressful. People have been in their houses for two months. All of a sudden bringing them out into the world is just, it's, um, people are really frightened, you know, they're really stressed out, and it's quite emotional. So um, I'm trying to be very um, just aware and really check in with people a lot about sort of what their limits are and what they can do. Also, it's just like a matter of stamina, you know, it's very funny. Like, I used to work 60 hours a week, it was nothing, do you know? Now, like, um, I do a bank transfer and I'm exhausted, you know, like it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I like make myself lunch and I'm just like a broken wreck of a girl. It's just like, it's very strange. So like building up that stamina again Mm -hmm. is, is, is pretty, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a, of a process, you know, you don't run out the door and all of a sudden run a marathon, you know, you have to, you have to train for it a little bit. So
1: no, I, I I know that's so true. So like I'm gonna switch it up then to to Kirsten. Like it's kind of crazy. Like I I'm going stir crazy, and but I'm you know I'm like Talia. I'm not gonna run out my front door and and go crazy either. So I, there is a kind of a mental burnout. I see a lot of nodding heads. <laughs> yeah, there's going yeah. Um, how how do we deal with that, or what's the best way?
0: Oh gosh, well you know. I love that you don't run out the door and do a marathon. I'm going to use that. (laughs) That's fantastic. And it's, it's easing back into a really, really unusual time for all of us. And the stress that everybody's carrying and the isolation that has been happening, um, hits everybody a little, a little different. So, um, at Robin priest, live your truth. I do parent support and some advocating work. And, um, I do a weekly online parent support group and, um, You know, with the weather, things are changing. Um, I do notice a few people are like, I can't make it this week. See you next week when the sun comes out, which is great. Usually when I don't hear from people as much, that means things are well. Um, But I think we have to stay connected, although we're still not physically connected. And we can do that through all sorts of platforms. But also we can do that six feet apart now. Um, as the weather gets nicer as well. But, um, you know, it, it made me think of something when we're, we're talking about people's mental wellness. Um, I have a very dear friend who suddenly lost her husband last summer and um, she's working through that. And she just said to me the other day, you know, Kirst, I was doing so good. I felt I was taking steps through my grief and I was, I was making progress. And then these last two months, I've fallen back like 10 steps and it's really, really hard again. So there's so many stories like that out there where, um, you know, the isolation, uh, you know, gives you too much time with your thoughts, you get out of routine, you get out of distraction. I really encourage everybody to um, check on all the people in your circle and and just make sure everyone's doing well and and try to um, stay connected, although we physically can't uh, we do air hugs. My mom, my mom comes to my backyard, and I give her an air hug when she leaves. But um, just, just try to stay connected. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah um, so it was kind of reminding me too, Allie, uh, when you're talking about, you know, being an advocate. Um, you know, for most of us, we have a family or whatever. But there are so many people, right, that are isolated. Um, could be because of the, you know. Uh, disability or anything like that um how do like how do we how does this how can we do something to better their lives or at least make them not feel so isolated even though um it's kind of a i guess a yeah open-ended question with not but
6: yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, um, well, for myself, I live with mental illness, right? I I live every day with a list of mental illness. So it's about that balancing act for myself. And I've been hit hard too in terms of emotional and you know, a really low spells over the last little bit. And then some days will be good and. A lot of that has to do with weather, like Kirsten said. And, um, you know, those days are my good days. But I think for me, what's been really helping me kind of feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the game, a little bit on top of myself and not so lethargic is keeping my routine. And it's really, really hard to do when you know you don't have to do the routine. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, just for myself, getting up and then just brushing my teeth, throwing myself in the shower as soon as I can, just get it over with, Throw on a little bit of makeup. I like the way I look. I'm feeling a little bit confident today. Okay, I won't, I won't slum around in bed. But even just keeping a little bit of stuff. So every Sunday night before the week ahead for myself, I'll write a list of things that I really want to do, people I really want to see, people I need to connect with, And then people that um, maybe I should check in on. And that week is kind of my goal for for that week. So I'll set some goals aside and then I still celebrate those small victories, which is super important in this time. I think we're all kind of, we're all our own worst critics as it is in, in any day, in any time, but I think even more so right now, and a lot of people think kind of it's, it's a competition of who could be more productive or you know we're measuring our productivity but i think it's very important to understand that you don't have to be productive every day in isolation. You, you you don't have to do a workout every day or wake up at 6 a.m. And, and do that stuff. You can be on the couch and you can just stay in bed all day too. So really just listening to your body and just once again, like Kirsten said, connecting with people. It's so important right now. Just sharing stories of what's going on and checking in on people. It, it really builds that we're in this together and you're not alone. And especially with people who are suffering with mental illness, that is the beauty of peer support, right? Being able to share that you're not alone. I feel that too. And you know what? I'm here and I see you and I I support you.
1: Wow. So there's another word that was thrown out um, and I had to kind of think about it. Self-compassion. Who's like... (laughs) Yeah so Jill's nodding her head so she probably have a good idea about that. I had not a clue but what twigged me when Ali says that we're our own worst critics. So self-compassion. I'll leave it to the expert here.
3: (laughs) Jill tell us a little bit. Yeah I can speak on that. I mean I know like with meditation the beauty is you get to slow down your mind I love teaching self-compassion. Like that is a meditation in of itself. Um, Throwing it at yourself and throwing it out to the world and the people around you and sort of recognizing that inner critic when it comes up, we all have it. It's there. And sometimes it's the ego telling us we need to do more and we need to have more and um, we're not doing enough and um, we can do better. And, um, during this particular time, I mean, I think most of the time in general, we need to be more compassionate towards ourselves, but especially right now, um, because uh, this is a time that's unprecedented and we don't, we've never had to handle this before. Our lives have been turned upside down, every single one of us, in one way or another. It was mentioned earlier that even if you're not directly affected by it or have known anybody to have COVID, it has changed your life. If you're going to the grocery store, your experience is different. It's mm-hmm. odd. Um, but not to judge yourself for the experience that you're having, just to look at yourself and say, it's okay. And, and to actually compassionately put your hand on your heart and say, it's okay. It's okay to feel this way. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm it can be mindful moments even as you're in the grocery store and you're going about the day and you're recognizing that you're kind of looking at yourself going why am I acting this way why should I be this way it's okay to be feeling what you're feeling yeah just give yourself that uh, Well, and I'm kind of thinking now of all the
1: moms here uh so I think pretty much yeah dealing with kids and you know yourself you're going through all this turmoil and how are how are the kids reacting? And they pick up on everything, right? That uh, you feel. Um, so, Michelle, you've got a pretty busy household, and you've been full force working, you know, juggling work and everything yeah. like that. How have your kids adjusted?
2: So they've been doing really well. Talk about self compassion. I've been feeling a lot of guilt because I am working, and so is my husband. And my girls are fairly self sufficient. My oldest is sixteen, and my middle daughter is twelve, but my son is eight, and He's super behind on school and I feel really badly because I can't be there to do the homeschooling like so many other parents are. So I've just had to park that and, you know, not do the best I can and, and not be hard on myself. But um, they're actually very well adjusted and very happy. It's um, quite interesting to see. And they're just content and
1: yeah. So we're hope- Yeah, we're hoping that schools go back in, in September, but already the universities are, on, are online. Um, Will it be a shock for your kids, Susie, if there's no school in September?
8: No, because I've been preparing them for that. Okay. I don't sugarcoat (laughs) things for my kids. Like, I just don't do that. So I give it to them straight so that there's no surprises. And I basically said, like, if it happens, that will be a really nice bonus. But please prepare yourself for it not to happen that way. Because I feel that, you know, the the more um, I've always talked to my kids very openly and honestly and meeting expectations where they need to be, right? So again, it's about, you know, preparing for, I don't want to say the worst, but preparing for the least happy scenario and then hoping that you might get what you want. But I think that's, you know, telling the kids that, you know, oh, you'll be fine by September. You'll be back and seeing your friends. I don't think that's a healthy thing to tell our kids, especially at this point when we don't really know the answer. Other provinces are telling us that they're done for the calendar year. And I think that that's an unfair um, carrot to dangle in front of kids who have had everything that they know to be true snatched out from underneath them very quickly. So my daughter, you know, we talked about um, her and her um, struggles um, with just adjusting to all of this. The boys have been better because they're a bit older, but my daughter has been, has been really sad about missing school and really missing her friends. And uh, one of her classmates had a physical distancing birthday party on Friday. So, She had a Winnipeg harvest uh, bin set up in their front yard. They had like beautiful little chalk drawings on the sidewalk and stuff. And it was really, really sweet and precious. And Steffi was very anxious about going. She was not excited about going. She hasn't really seen other people for months, you know, kind of thing. And um, I think we really need to be, I always feel like I'm saying this phrase, but we we need to be really gentle with their hearts and their minds and to cushion them from any further disappointment. And we do that by being real with them, I think.
1: Right, right. No, there is a lot of angst. Um, well, even Talia too. I mean, you've got probably, you know, neighborhood people that love to come to your restaurant. And um, yeah, it's just gonna be different when you open your doors. And like you said, you don't know what that's gonna look like, but it's not that you're gonna be running and and hugging. and.
9: <laughs> no, and it's so funny, you know, like that is sort of, uh, that, like that's, that, so, that like community intimacy is kind of what we've built our business on, you know, that's really what we do. And so, um, now I kind of feel like I run like a, you know, a KFC drive through window. It's like very, um, it's very different. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's, um, I feel like we just have to, we just have to, uh, if I've learned anything over the last two months, it's that just, you don't, you, you can't make any decisions. Like you can't make any plans. You can't make any kind of long-term, you know, projections because we just, what happens next week is completely like, it's completely up in the air. And if I can just sort of, you know, teeter on the verge of this, like agoraphobia that is, um... Kind of all around us now. Um, if I can just sort of keep that in check um, and manage to, you know, wrap my head around like the baby steps that are involved in getting out of my house and and doing some sort of more um, old timey activities like uh, you know, talking to people face to face. Yeah. Um then then I think we're doing okay. But I, I do think it's just really about setting very realistic goals for yourself. Right now. You know,
8: and Tracy, we talked about this, you know, at, at the very beginning of this is that I really think that a lot more of us should be dealing hour to hour, you know, like we're like Talia says, like to make plans for next week. I don't know what's happening in the next 48 hours. Like I have no long-term plans right now. My calendar is like wiped clean and I'm dealing with today and I'm dealing with like till lunchtime, which is like 12 minutes. So yeah, like (laughs) you're putting so much pressure on yourself. And then if you have kids at home, they're feeling that pressure from you too. Right. So you have to slow it down. And like, it's like baking bread. I feel like one of the things about this whole baking bread ritual is that you have to wait for it to rise. You cannot (laughs) rush bread. So you are like bread right now. We have to wait for us all to rise, and we cannot rush that. And there is a peace and a patience in that that I think we need to appreciate right now. We cannot force things to happen, and we cannot make them happen faster. We need to just sit and let it rise. And there you go. (laughs) And she makes great
1: cinnamon buns.
9: <laughs> they <laughs> look amazing.
1: Yeah. And that's why I don't bake, because I can't wait, no. But yeah. I have to say, I have to say, Rashauna, we have a pool in our backyard. And, yeah, we were in it all weekend. And, you know, and it, it just made a world of difference, just being outside, by the water. You know, we don't have a cottage, so it works out well. Our our, our summer vacay will be our backyard. That's what we kind of said. So, yeah. um, But it's true, and... Like, I don't know, like what, you mentioned it, Talia, what are we all going to become like scared to go outside and, and I don't want that either, right?
9: Well, I mean, I went through this thing when everything first got locked down where like I personally, like just because my own anxiety and whatever, and there was a lot of confusion as to sort of what was safe and what was okay. Like I went through this thing where I was sort of repeating in my head, like, my house is safe. My house is clean. My house is safe. My house is clean. You know, and kind of like, so at least I had like this bubble of, a, like, of a place where I could feel calm. You know, right. but that turned into this kind of weird thing where, like, going outside my house became not see- safe and not clean. You know, and it it did like now I'm having to kind of reorganize those those ideas again. You know,
4: What? Oh,
1: uh, Hi! Uh,
9: How's it going?
1: Yes. Well, you know what? I think that, uh, well, obviously, we'll work our way through this. We'll, you know, come out smiling. We'll visit tallest poppy again, and uh, thank you. Go for a uh, class at yoga bar after. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
9: Maybe and yoga that's... first, and then the fried chicken. Oh yes. yes Maybe yes, that's first. a better that,
1: idea. That's way <laughs> plenty of wine okay that's that's that'll be my treat when we can all like yeah and we'll (laughs) say safe distance right no but uh no thank you so so much it was so great to meet you and like I don't know I mean this has been such a great experience to connect with so many different women and uh like all of you and on Thursday we're gonna tackle a really hard conversation about racism so make sure Ali, it's this Thursday (laughs) um so we have a some really interesting people joining us, and um, you know, my background is Japanese, but uh, you know, I've heard of some pretty not nice things happening to our Asian community and you know, directed at the Chinese community. And um, so, that's a whole other thing, Talia, right? Scared to go outside, and it's fear, right? So, fear will be our next topic, and uh, it's a pretty big one. So, mm-hmm. invite all of you back and uh, stay safe and healthy and uh, keep on making that hand sanitizer, Michelle, But we are going to be at Tiver to pick up stuff and yeah. And have a great summer. Thanks so
4: much,
6: ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Take Bye. care.
5: Thank you. Nice meeting Bye. everybody. You.
6: Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: Thanks for listening. This has been a production of I like you.com podcast distribution from the sound off media company.